Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello and welcome to the Success Design. I'm Beth Shankle Anderson, your host, and let's just jump right into today's show. My uh, wonderful guest today is Pamela Hale, and she is the author of a beautiful, beautiful book. It's probably one of the most beautiful books that I have in my library, and I have a lot of books in my library. Um, it's a beautiful, multi-layered memoir called Flying Lessons. Uh, Pamela is a life coach, an energy healer, a spiritual counselor, and she uses the story of her pursuit of a private pilot's license to help anyone in the air or on the ground to break free of gravity and realize one's potential to soar. So welcome, Pamela. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Well, thank you for taking the time out of your of your. I'm certain busy schedule to join us today and to to share with us what flying lessons is all about. So, why don't we just jump right into the first question? Why did you want to write this book? Oh well, I think I wanted to write this book because um, flight is a metaphor that has just followed me all my life. Um, that really began when I was a baby and my biological father, who was a bomber pilot in World War II, I'm old, you can tell, (laughs) Um, uh, my biological father was shot down and killed over Germany when I was just a baby. And so in a way it's unusual because you might think that such a tragic thing would make flight unattractive to me, but um, I guess because I regarded my father as a kind of hero, flight always held a fascination for me, and um, and it went on from there. And so one of the threads in this book is my finding out more about my father and learning to fly out of my desire to be connected to him and to that part of my identity. Um, and then there are a lot of other threads because the metaphor of flight is, of course, a an ancient spiritual metaphor. We all want to rise above our old patterns we want to break free of gravity the things that hold us down and um and we dream as humans of being able to soar like the gods you know and so uh, there's that level of it and then there's the level of it that's just um i hope an entertaining story of my struggles learning to become a private pilot in my late 50s <laughs> and about all the layers of fear and self-doubt that brought up for me. And um, and then, uh, f- the, finally, there's the layer that um, out of all the hundreds of lessons I learned in that pursuit, I have narrowed them down and distilled all those lessons into seven that I believe are lessons for our lives. And so now it's my privilege to be able to share those lessons and teach that material and work with it both with my private clients and in my speaking around the country and in retreats and seminars. So um, that's kind of a long answer to your question of why I wanted to write the book. <laughs> well, my next question was, why is the flying metaphor so significant for you and how did that start? And I'm assuming that started with your with your biological yeah. father. Yeah, that started with my biological father, and then um, when I reached the ripe old age of 40, probably feeling that death was imminent, <laughs> I um, I made a bucket list, a kind of bucket list, and on that list 
I wrote get private pilot's license, even though at the time I, uh, I, I don't think I'd ever even been in a small plane or maybe once and didn't know anybody who owned one and didn't have money for flying lessons, but I, that, that, I wrote that on a piece of paper. And um, when I was 45, now divorced with two children, um, I met the man who's now my husband who had been a lifelong pilot and had a small plane, which was probably part of the attraction. Mm-hmm. And I started flying with John, who's definitely a character in the book. And um, and I flew with him in the right seat, in the passenger seat, for eight years until he finally, you know, really challenged me to, to get my own license. And um, so... So the metaphor of flight has woven through my life in many ways. And then finally, um, I'm a shamanic practitioner, so I do um, shamanic healing. And in shamanism, um, flight is a central metaphor because shamanism is all about traveling from the earthly world to the unseen worlds. And we can do that by traveling um, in in a way that you might imagine as a flight. And so there are all those layers that I'm trying to weave together in this book. Yeah, and you did a wonderful job. Um, I um, and, and just um, reading as much as I have of the book, um, I can see those um, those themes throughout the throughout the book. Good, um, I'm glad. So did learning to fly help help you face some of your greatest fears? It really does because um so much fear came up in me when uh, when I was learning to fly when I was flying with my husband in the right seat of course you know it felt very secure and felt easy and um and when when I was in the left seat in the pilot seat and um confronted with having to push the envelope every lesson really being forced you know by my great female flight instructor Cleo who is a central character in the in the story <clears throat> she was pushing me to push that envelope constantly and i found out again that when we're on the edge um and we don't we do not have mastery yet of something we don't know um, what we'd like to know, that it's a very out-of-control feeling that raises lots of fears and self-doubts. And even though at the age I was, in my late 50s, I had had a lot of therapy, I'd done a lot of spiritual work, you know, I I thought I'd worked all these things out, and and there they were, um, showing up again. And so um, my adventure of trying to deal with that fear and uh, overcome it and live beyond it. Um, that adventure helped me in many things after I got my license, including my two bouts with breast cancer. So did it make you feel free or in a way to sort of escape from, from the, the, the trials and, and tribulations you were experiencing with with the cancer diagnosis? Um, I wasn't doing a lot of literal flying during that during the time that I was really in cancer treatment. You know, I kind of, um, but 
it was more that um, I had really been trained to, well, let me go back again. I, I grew up in the 50s, and so really that was a culture that was not about empowering women. <laughs> mm. And so, um, you know, my cultural training had been kind of like if something scares you, back up. And so I, in my flying lessons, I was kind of retrained in a different kind of courage to um, the kind of courage that my husband had automatically learned being brought up, having been brought up also in the 50s, but as a man and in a military family. And so he had been brought up to uh, face your fears or to just keep flying the plane, as he would say. And so I learned how to keep flying the plane even when you're afraid. And that's what you have to do if you have a life-threatening disease or any kind of crisis. We know that, um, you know, on some level we have to keep on going, even though fear is present. Well, that's a that's a very um, that's a very good uh, mantra to uh, to uh, to live by. Is that you have to keep on going regardless of what's going on in your life, because that's really the only way we can heal from the from the traumas in our lives. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. You talk about mm-hmm. finding safe landing places. What does that mean? Okay, well, that the lesson number one, there's seven lessons. And maybe before I start into that question, it would be good to just give people um, the overview of the seven lessons. So what I like to suggest for your listeners is, to do this, you might think of a challenge you're facing right now. Most of us have something we're facing. So just you know, hold in your mind a challenge you're thinking, and then think of how these seven lessons resonate for you. So the seven lessons are know where you're going to land, bring enough fuel for the journey, take the pilot's seat, remember why you long to fly, Communicate with the controllers, broaden your scan, and give way to the winds. So before we go into the safe landing space, I just want to say that most people kind of get the metaphor right off the bat um, on one level just from hearing those those lessons named. You know, it gives you an idea. So <clears throat> the basis for all the other Lessons is lesson number one. It's kind of the foundational lesson, and that is know where you're going to land. And what I really mean by that is not the kind of knowing what your destination is. Not that it's not that you know. Of course, we want to plan a flight and know where it is we're going to land at the end of it. But what this lesson is about is what do you do when everything falls apart? What do you do if the engine fails? You know, rather than just whimpering to your death, <laughs> you want to be able to put that plane on the ground, if, mm-hmm. if at all possible. And so um, in your life, and if you were going out flying with me, you would it would be comforting to you to know that I had training in that, so that if, God forbid, the, the engine should fail, I would have had training in putting that plane down in an unusual place kind of like Sully, Captain Sully Sullenberger had to do when he put that plane down in the Hudson River. Mm-hmm. Uh, that turned out to be a safe landing space, even though it looked like a pretty unlikely one. 
you know, right. manage to do that. So that's the sign of a good pilot. And, and um, you know, people who are afraid to fly, my theory about that is that they are not, it's not so much that they're afraid to fly, it's that they are afraid there won't be a safe landing space. And when you think of it that way, um, it's logical because why would you get into a plane if you didn't trust there was a safe landing space? Most of us just, you know, we get used to flying and we just assume they know what they're doing and we'll get there. Um, but in your life, it's the same thing. If there's a venture that is a, feels risky to you or feels new to you and um, challenging, um it really helps to know what your safe landing space would be so that before you set out on this adventure, um, you know that you know where you're going to land if everything should start kind of unraveling. And so when I ask you or ask your listeners, so if everything were to fall apart around your challenge, where would you land? what's the first thing you think of? You might think of, well, I have a savings account. Well, if, if the first thing you think, thought of is money, you know, we know that our economy is pretty vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's not such a safe place. Mm-hmm. And maybe you think, well, at least I have my job. Well, we know those are vulnerable too. We know that even our treasured relationships can fall apart. And so what I challenge readers to do here and, and people who are taking my classes and retreats is find an inner safe landing space that no one can ever take from you. Um, something that is eternal, that is um, unseen, that is deep inside you, that is your birthright, that no one can take from you. So... I'll give you an example. I believe that we are all actually divine light, that we are actually spiritual beings having a human experience. And so when I remember that, truly remember that, when I feel that truth for me, it's a safe landing space because no matter what happens to me physically, I'm still that divine light. And the more I can do spiritual practices that um, enable me not to just believe that in my head, but really feel that, really experience that, the more I'm able to do that, the safer I feel in my day-to-day challenges. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It does. It's wonderful advice. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's really terrific advice um, to um, to have that security in your life. Mm-hmm. And to know that it can't be taken away. Yeah, and um, so because we live in a culture that's so outer-directed, most of us really have to find some kind of spiritual practice that returns us to that place over and over. So um, you may have seen that in this book, each lesson, if this is a whole system, and each lesson corresponds to... Um, a lot of things. Each lesson corresponds to there's a a challenge for each one, um, a gift for each one. Each one corresponds to a chakra in the energy system. People are familiar with that. To a color. Each one corresponds to an archetype. 
that can help you work work through it, and each one corresponds to a yoga pose. Mm-hmm. And so the yoga pose that corresponds to lesson number one, know where you're going to land, is child's pose. And mm-hmm. if you've if you've done yoga, you know that in child's pose, if you picture getting on your knees and then bending forward and putting your forehead on the ground and laying your arms out at your sides and having your knees wide open, you're really in a deep bow to the earth. You're connected to the earth, and you're at rest. And so like a child, you are safe in the arms of the mother, only in this case it's Mother Earth, who is the mother who never leaves us. That's really that's really beautiful, and I love the uh, the three, the mind, body, and spirit that you um, that you address with uh, with each lesson. It's um, it's very um, very soothing. <laughs> Good. You also talk about letting go of parts of your journey that no longer serve you. What does that process mean to you? Well, I think we're in a continual process of doing that. That's how we heal you know let's almost everybody has had some kind of trauma in their background some kind of woundedness in their background that's just part of being human i think and um and it it's it's important to remember those wounds um in order to understand them and yet you know just as we are being recreated every day on a biological level you know, we're replacing all our cells constantly. We're shedding cells. Um, we need to shed some of that past stuff that really doesn't define us anymore. Um, it doesn't mean that if someone has abused you for for some reason, it doesn't mean that you forget. But you're you're not back there anymore. You're not that person anymore. You're the person that has all the abilities that you have today. And to relate that to flying, um, if I'm flying along and something happened back there five miles ago where I made a mistake or something, and if I keep obsessing about that, I'm not present to fly the plane right now. And so Cleo's advice about that is leave your mistakes behind you like the landscape. Mm. So the past is the past. And if if we're healthy and resilient and vibrant, we are that way because we're continually shedding what no longer serves us, what no longer protects us. You know, we all hang on to some ideas, some fears, some self-doubt, sort of in an attempt to protect ourselves. And then the day comes where we go, what am I doing why am I hanging on to that? It doesn't protect me at all. Mm-hmm. It actually holds me on the ground. Mm-hmm. And so um, I am the only person who can let it go. And, of course, um, my energy healing, the energy healing that I do is uh, a way of helping people to do that. But we can all, we all have ways of learning to do that for ourselves, and the book has some of those practices in it. Sure, and who should read this book, and what will they get out of it? Well, I think this book is for anyone who's on a spiritual journey or anyone who knows that it's time for them to be on a spiritual journey. 
Um, because I think that this metaphor of flying is an easy way to get started if, you know, you're in the part of your life where you're saying, you know, something's missing for me and I think I'm just too, I'm too concentrated on the drama that's always unfolding in my personal life, in my work life, in my relationships. And, and I need to look inside more. Um, so anyone who's anywhere, no matter where you are on, in your journey, I think that you can get something out of this metaphor. And then, of course, it could come the other way. Anyone who's who loves flying or has had a fantasy of flying a plane or um, who's attracted to the metaphor of flight might read the book. Um, I think the book appeals primarily to women. They most probably ninety percent of my clients are women, but not all of them are women. And this metaphor is purposefully um, intended to expand this work to some men too, because flying is kind of a guy thing <laughs> still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so. So I, I'm hoping there are men out there who find this appealing. And but, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, that's okay. And so what they would get out of it, I hope, is the same kind of weaving that I've tried to present, where they would, what they would get out of it is they'd have seven lessons for their lives that operate on a mind, body, and spirit level and if they really get into the book they can learn how to take this seven step system and apply it to any challenge so let's say that somebody has just been laid off from their job and they're scared to death and they're worried about money and they're worried about themselves and they're not feeling very good about themselves and um, you know all the things that would go along with that um, they could use this seven-step system to say, well, where am I going to land right now? Where's my safe landing space inside? And then they could say, bring enough fuel for the journey. Well, how am I going to do that? I am going to need fuel on this journey of finding other work. And how am I going to nourish and fuel myself? And then they could look at lesson number three and say, take the pilot seat. Oh, well, I guess I better do that unless I really think somebody's just going to knock on my door with a big contract. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and if I look at lesson number four, that's really going to help me because lesson number four is remember why you long to fly, and that's about remembering what life is all about. And with this challenge I'm facing, I'm really going to have to remember that, put it in perspective. And then lesson number five is communicate with the controllers. And that's all about um, really um, deciding whether criticism from the outside is the truth (laughs) and whether criticism from those inner voices, those inner controllers, whether they are telling the truth or whether there's another truth, another voice which is my own strong voice, my own, the truth of my own gifts and what I have to offer. That's all about lesson number five. And then lesson number six is about 
broadening your scan, meaning using all the parts of your brain, not just the rational left brain side, but the right brain, using the heart, using the instinct, using all of you to make your decisions. And then lesson number seven is give way to the winds, and that's about turning it over to a higher power and not Mm -hmm. taking on more than we really need to or more than we really can handle. Mm. Well, that's, that's kind of a quick run through of how that system can help and what somebody can get out of the book. Well, that's a great overview of the book. Um, and, um, and yeah, I mean, people can get so much out of it coming from different angles in their own lives. So um, um, this book um, is full of, of aerial photography, beautiful, beautiful images. And um, how have you been able, as a photographer, to take all the breathtaking aerial photographs? Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that compliment. Um, Well, first of all, I've been a a photographer all my adult life. Earlier in my life, I had a whole career as a photographer um, in Southern California, and I exhibited my photography and taught photography and started some photography programs and was involved in um, what's called phototherapy, which is similar to art therapy, where um, I used photography for educational and therapeutic um, purposes with people who were facing all different kinds of challenges, like um, kids who are having trouble learning, um, with... um, people, adults who had had traumatic brain injury and had no memory or had no language, and just a whole variety of different challenges, and using photography as kind of an alternative language. So it's been a lifelong passion and always been my art form. And so when I began to fly with my husband, John, I began to take aerial photos. These are all from the West western states and from um, Mexico um, because we haven't really flown our plane very far east Um, but there are just um, and and I like to tell people I take these when I'm in the right seat I know (laughs) I'm not taking them while I'm flying the plane (laughs) right yeah and so I'm just very attracted to the abstract patterns that I see on the earth So even in areas where I've flown before, like my husband and I just got back from uh, spending Thanksgiving with her older daughter in Boulder and my grandchildren there, and we've flown to Boulder many times, but you cross such beautiful parts of the country, beautiful desert in northern Arizona and beautiful red, red rock formations in Arizona and New Mexico and then, of course, across the Rockies. And so um, so every time we go, I take more pictures because I see more patterns. And so this time, for instance, I was seeing the patterns in uh, lakes that are freezing and the ice makes patterns that you can really see from above and patterns of snow, the snow makes on the mountains and uh, rock formations and different... Um, volcanic formations that are just fascinating to me. So um, that continues to be a passion. Hmm. 
Well, that's wonderful. You have something like that in your life. Um, you're certainly very, very talented at it, and it adds so much to this beautiful, beautiful book. So, um, well, I I am going to be. People can see a, a gallery of some of my photos on my website, which is through a different lens dot com, and um, and I am going to be putting those some of those um, selling some of those photographs. So, oh wow, great. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, well, what is the link between Flying Lessons, the book, and the name of your business through a different lens? Oh, that's a good question. Well, of course, when we see through a different lens, um, you know, you and I were talking before the show started about how it's always good to back up and look at something through a different lens. Uh, we have to continually do that in our lives, I think, and Usually, for me, what that means is backing up and looking at the big picture, you know, remembering to put whatever is going on in perspective. And so I like to think of of doing that as looking through the eye of the eagle, taking the eagle's view. The eagle has such keen eyesight, and it can see little details way down on the ground, and um, and yet... It's not obsessing about all those little details because, of course, it's looking for whatever it is it needs, whether it's food. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. Whether that's food or nesting material or uh, shelter or whatever it needs, it's looking for that. And so, um, so right away we're talking about flight. We're talking about the eagle's view. And so uh, the flying lessons enable us to look at whatever challenges we're facing in our life through that, through some different lenses. So in addition to the eagle's view, there's the part of the metaphor here that has to do with the chakras. So... Um, I don't know how familiar most of your listeners will be with the chakra system, but it's an ancient system of um, energy. Uh, so our bodies are our energy. Everything is energy, and um, there are many there are ways many ways of describing the energy system that is in and around our body. <clears throat> but one of them is um, to describe it by having seven energy centers or called chakras. And then there's an eighth one above your head. And so each of these seven um, have a different quality. And in the shamanic training that I took, um, I was trained in the Peruvian tradition. And so this is kind of the model that I use is kind of a combination of that and the ancient Chinese um, medicine system of the chakras, um, but each of those chakras is oper- can operate like a lens. For example, the first chakra is um, the energy that that governs our the legs that we stand on, the feet, and the and the lower body, and it and it really has to do with our feeling of whether or not we have legs to stand on, whether we are safe. And so it it all has to do with safety and security. And so if we're facing a challenge, we can look at it through that lens. 
what is the real safety and security I'm looking for? This goes back to what we were talking about with the safe landing space. And then if we look at it through the second chakra, which is aligned with the second lesson, we're looking at the lens of power. And so the second lesson is about fueling ourselves, which is how we power up. And what kind of power do we want to apply to this challenge we're facing? Do Is it power over someone? Or is it the kind of power that is um, serving someone? You know, these are very different kinds of power. So each chakra is a way of a different way of looking at something. And each of the archetypes that's connected to one of these chakras helps us do that. So, for for example, going back to the eagle, the eagle is the archetype, the eagle condor. <clears throat> That's the archetype connected with the heart, which is the fourth chakra. And so when we look at something through the heart, we're, we're looking uh, using the eagle's vision way. We're looking at something with a great broad vision as opposed to the way of the serpent, which is the first chakra, where we're looking at everything in terms of safety and security. So, there, it, you know, if you take a challenge and you're able to look at it through seven different lenses, seven different lessons that each gives you a lens for framing it, you're likely to see something that you haven't been seeing before. Hmm. That's a that's a really um that's a really great way to um to sort of wrap up here, um is to talking about the chakras. I've studied them through yoga, um so I'm I'm you know, vaguely familiar with, with their uh-huh. uh, with their functioning. Uh, uh-huh. their function the function that they serve, I guess I should say. So is there anything that you would like to add that we haven't talked about as we wrap up the show here? Well, I just invite people to um, to explore my website. There's a lot of information on there about shamanism, um, about the book, also about my Sand Spirits Insight cards that we, you know, we haven't aren't talking about those today, but that's another tool for your inner life, and um, and to join my mailing list, you'll get a if you uh, go to my website, which is throughadifferentlens.com. You'll get a free flying lessons toolkit. Oh so, wow! Yeah, <laughs> that sounds so, interesting. Um, so I invite you to go there and sign up for my newsletter and check out my blog and um, and to visit me on Facebook. There's a, a Facebook.com flying lessons page, and I'd love to hear your comments on there. Oh well, that's that's terrific, and I'm sure you really. Um you really appreciate that feedback. Um, so, so if anyone out there has uh, has bought the book, which is called Flying Lessons, and my guest today is Pamela Hale, and her website is throughadifferentlens.com. And it sounds like it's um, it's a very – I've actually been to the website before the uh, the show started, and it, it is chock full of uh, of great information and uh, and uh, good feeling. So. So Pamela, thanks so much for um, for being on my show today. I've really, really enjoyed our conversation, and I hope that the others that are listening um, have enjoyed listening to our conversation as well. 
Well, I enjoyed it very much, and I'm honored to be on. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely! And um, if you ever want to come back on, just give me a just give me a ring, and uh, we'll we'll schedule something, and uh, we can maybe explore more about the book, or uh, maybe about even another topic. So, um, so you just well, let me you. know. Thank Certainly. you. Certainly. Well, that is that concludes today's show. This is Beth Shankel Anderson with the Success Design signing off. Thank you. <laughs>